Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Peldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The Minnesota Vikings, well, they went to Philadelphia. They played a football game on Monday night and didn't really show up at all. They end up losing... 24-7 to to the Philadelphia Eagles, kind of like the old Washington Redskins game years ago. Okay, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but no, I did watch that game. The Vikings actually scored first in that game, and, and yeah, I don't know why I even brought that up, but it just reminds me because it's the same exact score. Yeah, I whatever it was, the Minnesota Vikings didn't really show up at all. All the positivity we had last week, all the positivity, the good vibes. You know, Kirk Cousins doesn't have that weird nervous look on his face anymore. There's just positivity here. Even the defense looks unbelievably great. You know, except maybe, you know, stopping the run a little bit, not so great. You know, the stopping the run didn't look so good, but, uh, you know, that's okay. We'll we'll uh, figure that out at some point. No, we didn't figure it out. We didn't stop the run really at all. Jalen Hurts beat the Vikings up over and over and over again, and he completed his first 10 passes. Uh, in the game, at the very least. The Minnesota Vikings continued to struggle defensively throughout the game, and Jalen Hurts put a big hurt on the Minnesota Vikings. Miles Sanders averaged almost five yards a carry. That's Tech Mobile football. Uh, Jalen Hurts ran the ball in twice. There's your fantasy stats there. Almost five yards a carry. Again, just ter- terrible tackling. The Minnesota Vikings couldn't run worth crap. Um, and kind of ran away from the run. You'll hear about that commentary in the fan interaction segment as well. Uh, Again, you're noticing how the show is being released late. Um, So that's just the way how it goes. Obviously, it was a Monday night game. Can't record Monday night. And the two-job situation didn't allow me to record Tuesday morning. So that's just how it is. So you're getting it Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday God knows when, because looks like HipCast is having some issues as well. So at the time I'm recording first segment here. Um, and I'll also let you know the uh, review segment of the... Sorry about that. I knew better. The review segment of the uh, <clears throat> NFL, the NFL Roundup segment, unfortunately also got... You know, also I was recorded on Sunday... So I had to do it that way in order to kind of piece things together, make things a little bit simpler for recording. So I apologize for that. Just kind of fessing up, letting you know how this is set up because these Monday night games and two job situations a little tough. Later in the season, it's a little easier because of the seasonal deal. So just letting you know the whole situation. Sorry for babbling and sounding a little weird there and stumbling and bumbling like I tend to do at times. Back to the actual game review. Who led the Minnesota Vikings in rushing? Kirk Cousins with 20 uh, yards and two carries. Yeah, so there's your urban legend of the week right there. Urban legend. Terrific. <laughs> As an urban legend, Kirk Cousins led the Vikings in rushing. That's got to be a first. It's got to be. Um, what isn't a first is the Vikings struggling defensively. Uh, they've struggled defensively for quite a while, most of the last two years. Looked awesome last week. To a point I said Kawabunga, Donatello, like Donatello. Even though I didn't even talk about it on the show, I was going to, and then I just didn't, because that's how I am. I kind of get in my mode, I let the show flow, and then occasionally I'll leave out something kind of important, which sucks. But again, that's how it is. I'm not perfect. 
So I apologize for that. Uh, K.J. Osborne not involved in the offense as much in this one either. It just seemed like the Vikings were trying to force things. Vikings, Kirk Cousins, whoever, were trying to force the ball to Justin Jefferson nonstop throughout this game, and that led to three INTs with Kirk Cousins. First one was Justin Jefferson kind of like going off the route and all that. Uh, obviously, you've heard that talked about throughout the day as well. But in the last two, obviously terrible. Uh, you had the huge drop by Irv Smith Jr. It was kind of like this week's version of... Uh, Aaron Rodgers to the rookie, the rookie guy over there, um, <laughs> the, the, the rookie receiver in Green Bay. I kind of want to check him out now. It's just, yeah, I mean, how well did he do? I want to look at that because I remember, yeah, I talked about it. Christian Watson, yep, that's who it was. He had a couple of catches for, I <laughs> know he had five catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. Wow. No, no, just a first down. This is very detailed statistics here, so I apologize. I had to check that out. I apologize there. Christian <laughs> Christian Watson. Um, well, Irv Smith was this week's version of Christian Watson. He dropped a sure touchdown, blah, 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 and looked very mediocre along the way as well Did Irv Smith. And again, yeah, <laughs> Kirk Cousins looked a lot more like Christian Ponder, kind of panicking. And then you got to see the old, you know, grit teeth and grabbing the collar bull crap that we saw the, all of the last four years when Mike Zimmer was the coach because Kirk Cousins was constantly nervous, constantly freaking out. And we're right back to the same old bull crap we were before. So that's great. <laughs> I don't know. Are you surprised? I don't know. And going into Philadelphia, well, I picked the Vikings to lose to Philadelphia. I Even after the positivity last week, it's like, hey, let's just be honest here. I'm going to pick a loss at Philadelphia. They're getting better, and they really are getting better. Their defense actually looks kind of good. Their offense looks uh, pretty good as well, even though they kind of kind of like put the pedal off the metal a bit in the second half, gave the Vikings golden opportunities to do something, and the Vikings didn't capitalize. So obviously Kirk Cousins and the Vikings did not capitalize in golden opportunities down the stretch, including an INT in the red zone, which is just extremely annoying and really pisses me off. Johnny Munt, Johnny Ma'am, Johnny whatever the heck he is, made a couple of decent plays. Oh, goody. Irv Smith Jr. actually did catch five passes, but most of them were short check-down type plays. K.J. Osborne, again, only two catches, one of them for 15 yards. Woo-hoo. Dylan Cook had two more yards than he did. Uh, he had two more yards receiving than he did rushing. And again, the Vikings abandoned the running game very, very early. The Vikings uh, either were turning the ball over or not getting in the red zone at all. And that's why Greg Joseph did not attempt a single uh, field goal, and he made his one extra point. All for one whole point. Jake Elliott missed a field goal attempt. Woohoo! <clears throat> we're happy about that. In fact, we are. Uh, special teams game, special teams game, not all so spectacular from Jalen Rager. He did rush for 17 yards very early, which is cute and everything. It's, it's cute. Uh, Kenny Nwongwo did have a 21-yard return. He actually was very good. Uh, actually, well, he averaged that. He had two returns and did pretty well, I thought, on the kickoffs. There's a little more space in the kickoffs. Occasionally, the punch, you can maybe do something. But uh, Jalen Rager, all of five yards, kind of looking a little more like Marcus Sherrill's late in his career. Uh, Jordan Hicks with a sack. No, interception, pardon me. He did have an interception, but he had a sucky game outside of the interception. In fact, the linebackers just stunk in this game. They just absolutely stunk. And, I mean, like the typical linebackers. Obviously, Daniel Hunter, you think of him more of as an edge rusher. Uh, but in the 3-4 defense, he's technically like a linebacker. He did get another sack, and he was really good in the game. Wound up with six tackles. Harrison Smith with 13 tackles, but he had a terrible game. And the pro football focus had him ranked at the 
dead last basically for uh, defensive players in the Minnesota Vikings. He was he was not good, and he looked like a fool on a couple of plays. And I'm sorry to say that because everybody loves and appreciates what Harrison Smith brings. But I don't know. Uh, the safeties struggled. The linebackers looked old and crappy. And I don't know. Uh, Cam Dancer Jr. got benched, but he actually was rated a little better. He did have a pass deflection. He was rated a little better than the guys who replaced him. Patrick Peterson struggled in the game. I don't know. It's just frustrating. Um, Tomlinson had some moments. Uh, Caleb Evans, I almost forgot about the guy. Uh, Cam Bynum was awful. He was rated very low, and he had some bad plays, of course. So, I don't know. I mean, it's one game. And every team has sucky games. Like Again, Green Bay got shut out by uh, the Saints last year. They got their butts kicked by us last week. Blah, blah, blah. Green Bay looked a hell of a lot better against the Chicago Bits on Monday night. They looked very good, actually. And they ended up winning that game comfortably, which, yeah, again, I, the game wasn't over yet when I recorded the first half of segment number two, which is kind of funny. And, yeah, it's I don't, it's it's a weird setup for the show, but it's the only way I can do it, or it's like at least the best way to set it up for me anyway, and I hope, again, it's still bringing you a good product, and at the end of the day, I, I think so, because NFL Roundup is the NFL Roundup. The games are over, and it's more fresh in my mind at the time, rather than, you know, a couple of days ago, when I'm actually recording it, so you, I got to see some of those games and such. Uh, Kirk Cousins was sacked only a couple of times. It felt like he was sacked 50 times. Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, I don't know, the offensive line didn't have a good day. Ingram kind of back to looking like, yeah, he looked like a rookie real quick after having a really good uh, uh, first game, even though he had some mo- some not-so-good moments in the first game, rookie moments, as they call it. But he had a lot more rookie moments in this one. And a lot of people having crappy, horrible memories of the <clears throat> NFC title game. Also, again, a divisional round years ago against the Philadelphia Eagles when Dante Culpepper was still the quarterback. That was the 2004 season. That game did not go well at all. Uh, playoff game against the Philadelphia Eagles in 2008 when the Vikings won the division. Tavares Jackson was the quarterback. Need I say more? And no, God rest Tavares Jackson's soul. God bless him. Love you, Tavares Jackson. I don't mean to rip on you. It's just he wasn't the starting quarterback. Just He just wasn't the starting quarterback. But obviously, again, God bless Tavares Jackson. In a big way, I deeply apologize if that didn't sound good. I'm, I'm sorry, honestly. Um... And this game just didn't look good. I mean, Philadelphia, it's funny, though, how people are like, oh, Kirk Cousins always struggled in Philadelphia. You know, you always get nervous and stuck against the Eagles. You know, they were in the same division for quite a while, Washington Redskins, and then, the, you know, they were still the Redskins when Kirk Cousins was there and all that. They weren't the W's yet or the uh, Commanders, <laughs> which look like a, a more glorified W's with a stripe on, on it and stuff. Looks pretty and everything, I guess. Um but no, he did really well with the Vikings against the Philadelphia Eagles, particularly in the typical, uh, you know, the rematch the next year, the meaningless rematch game where the Vikings always win. You know, we beat the Falcons in 99. Boy, that meant a whole lot. Oh, wow, that meant a lot. Uh, you know, we kicked Kansas City's ass in 1970. Yeah, kick Kansas City's ass. So what? What good did it get you? Nothing. That's right. So, stuff like that drives me nuts. Kick the Giants' ass in 2001 in a 5-11 and season where your coach got fired. Yeah, woohoo. You know, it's just terrific. And we beat the Eagles all the years later. Isn't that just, doesn't that just give you the warm and fuzzies? We beat Philadelphia. Oh, and we, and we beat the Saints in the, no, actually we lost. The only time we actually lost was 2010. We actually lost to the Saints again in a pretty, you know, one-sided battle. And the 2010 Vikings looked like crud. And 
there I go down memory lane again, but I wish it was a positive memory lane. Again, Kirk Cousins did have two wonderful games against the Eagles in 2018 and 2019. And, well, reality kind of set in here in a big way. It's just one game. It happens. Buffalo had a couple of sucky ones last year, and they're a wonderful football team. They'll probably have a sucky game or two. Um, championship caliber teams have sucky games. I don't see the Vikings as a championship caliber team right now. I, I just don't. I'd like to. I want, I'm just, I really want this team to be a championship caliber club. You know, the whole uh, surly beer before I die. Yeah, before I die, I'd like to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl. And I even put that little bit in the uh, the uh, iTunes file now. Or, well, actually, it's all the whole podcast. Not just iTunes. You'll see it in Google Podcasts and others um, where I talk about that. We'd like to see the Vikings win the Super Bowl before we die. So I kind of sort of stole it without making it like a slogan. Started with Score North, of course, and Judd Zolgan and all them, and, you know, Surly and sponsoring with the Purple Daily Podcast and all that cute stuff. So that's where all that came from. I still haven't actually had the beer yet because I haven't seen it on the shelves. Maybe it is now, but um, I'll check that out this weekend when given the chance. <laughs> I don't know, just an overall nasty game, though. A couple of checkdowns to Alexander Madison, which all meant a whole lot of nothing. God, he was targeted five times in the game. Alexander Madison, and he wound up with uh, an average of two yards. Two. Two yards and three catches. Exquisite. Exquisite. Just awesome. I do have a positive note, though, on the game, other than Adam Thielen getting targeted seven times and catching 52 passes. Okay. You know, that's that's all right. That's solid. Is it something? How about this? What do you think of this? Ryan Wright, baby. Five punts. 49.2 average. In the 23 times and zero touchbacks. What do you think of that? Ryan Wright, baby. There you go. I mean, <laughs> need I say more? He looked he looked good. He looked good. He looks like a wonderful punter. And we needed him. Yeah, I know. I'm really sorry. That sounds mean and tacky and stuff. But, uh, uh, you know, it, this is one of those kind of games you want to say it's unreviewable. But, of course, it's reviewable. It, the offense went from creative to not real creative. Uh, Kirk Cousins went from confident to the same nervous whatever he was the last four years. And again, re reiterating, if I'm using the right word, because I'm a goofball sometimes, um, reinforcing, reinforcing the uh, what I've been saying for years and what most other people have been saying, but I've been saying it on my own gumption, my own gut feeling, Kirk Cousins can't put together multiple weeks and particularly enough weeks to go on a playoff run, a legitimate playoff run. He, he can't put enough good weeks together. If he could, then there you go. Like Tom Brady can obviously do it because he's, well, won seven Super Bowls. You know, Joe Montana, and you can go on to all these great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, usually it wasn't his fault when they won, and boy, he'll tell you that when, when they didn't win, pardon me. Usually it wasn't his fault, and boy, he'll remind you of that. And, well, the defense did let <laughs> the Packers down against Tampa. Last year, Rodgers stunk against San Francisco's great defense, though, so it's kind of, you know, hit and miss with Rodgers in the playoffs. Uh, Kirk Cousins, yeah, I mean, I mean, just an exquisite game against a Green Bay defense that isn't bad at all, and going into Philadelphia and looking like the typical, well, we won the first round, here's the second round, and just, you know, you hit the brick wall, and you look like a nervous, like, goofball, even though you're a veteran, and you're, you've got a gold C on your chest, you know, kind of like us line captains at work. I'd have a gold C on my chest. Yes, I would. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. Well, 
not really. It's not the greatest job in the world, but it's better than some. <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins, you know, obviously we do important things, though. Uh, Kirk Cousins, again, doesn't look like a team captain when he's doing crap like that. When he's getting so nervous, fidgety, he's, he's, he's acting like Christian Ponder out there in his second year, who's indecisive. Uh, so, guys, what do you want to do? Rather than, okay, there, here we go, this is what we're going to do. you, you got to have more of that personality, particularly you're going to be you know, making $30 million plus a year and leading your team, you know, being the star quarterback of the team, the highest paid player on the team. And that's not just about the money, but the responsibility that goes with the money. And again, that gold C on your chest. Not the white one, the gold one. Gold C on your chest, which means you're the leader of the entire offense. Like gold C on a defensive player for years was, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Everson Griffin, you know, guys like that. So you expect more and you don't get it. So it's extremely annoying. Back to back would be great. You know, he he was a completely different person last week. That's what's so disappointing and heartbreaking about this, him being Kirk Cousins, of course. And I'm not just trying to bash and hate on Kirk Cousins, but well well, as Mike Zimmer would say, you see the game? I mean, do I need to say more about that? Did you see the game? Uh, A.J. Brown versus Irv Smith Jr. Did you see the game? <laughs> That's another one. But, hey, hey, how about this? Jalen Rager versus, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson. Maybe you didn't see the game on that one, but maybe you see the game last week and most of the games so far. So at least we're ahead in that one with the Eagles. But, you know, uh, Sam Bradford and the draft pick and blah, blah, blah. It was a fun little couple of weeks with Sam Bradford. And after that, he became a check down Charlie. And then a guy that couldn't stay healthy anymore because his knee just said no. It just said no, that's all. Um, it's too bad. It's it's too bad, So, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. Marcus Epps winding up with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles being picked up off a of free agency when the Vikings let him go. I still remember hearing Judd Zolget saying, who cares, you know, about letting him go. Marcus Epps, they, yeah, they cut Marcus Epps. Who cares? Judd Zolget is a guy I respect quite a bit, love his sports you know, knowledge, particularly about hockey and football, but Marcus Epps, I just knew, I just knew he's going to wind up being something because you watched what he did with Wyoming, and I don't mean I watched a lot of, a lot of Wyoming games, even though I like the Wyoming Cowboys, but I was becoming a fan, but of course I, I don't have a whole lot of access to the games all the time, but watching just a little bit of his highlights and some of the games of Marcus Epps and the plays and everything, you could tell he's an NFL caliber safety in this league. So the Vikings just cutting him to make room for some other guy who I remember it wasn't important. From what I remember, it was not an important player at all. I think it was the tight end we traded a fourth round pick for. And it's just, it made me kind of like cringe a little bit. Like he just gave him up for nothing. Jeez. Uh, Marcus Epps looks like a good player. So yeah, he looks good. Looks good. And he's getting significant snaps out there for the Philadelphia Eagles. Would have been a nice possible Harrison Smith replacement in time. Kind of plays a similar game, actually. So, something uh, definitely to make note of as we play Philadelphia time and time again over the years. Not sure we're going to be playing them every year, but uh, seems like we play Dallas every year. We play Seattle almost all the time. Um, we, we play Philadelphia fairly often, we being the Vikings. I don't like to say we that much, but they are our team, of course. Um, it's just a crying shame. Sorry for smacking my lips again. I know you guys hate that particularly a, a couple certain people. Um, I gave out the urban legend. Kirk Cousins led the Vikings in rushing. Wow. Uh, 
the <laughs> I may add some stuff after this, but I'll give out the awards right away here since we're already at the 20 minute mark, which is okay. Uh, sometimes these reviews should go longer, but sometimes they don't have to. Uh, the maybe you don't want me to bash and bash and bash, and I probably shouldn't. The Franz Harkonnen Award winner for this week. Oh, there is one. It's <laughs> it's Ryan Wright, and you know what? And I'm not just being sarcastic and being a jerk. He's a wonderful punter, and I'm very impressed. Kind of came out of nowhere, and he, he's a beast. He's a legitimate beast. That could be like a kind of a sub-nickname for him. Because uh, not only does he have a big leg, but he's he's able to control it. Keeping the keeping it in the 20s, no touchbacks. I mean, great job, Ryan. Great job. Ryan Wright, almost, almost 50 yards, a punt, and five punts. And we needed him. And when you do need your punter, and he performs that way, well, why the hell shouldn't he get a Fran Targenton Award? The uh, Christian Ponder Memorial... Gosh, it should it could easily go to Irv Smith because he stinks, even though he did catch the only touchdown pass from well, he stink, stunk in the game anyway from uh, Kirk Cousins, Christian Ponder Cousins, which is what he looked like in this game. Again, um, Irv Smith, see, you get frustrated with a guy that can't stay healthy, and then he is healthy, and then he has a sh uh, crappy game. Pardon me. And then Kirk Cousins, you know, you can't follow up a really positive, positive showing last week where he looked like a leader, comes back and looks like the same guy who is scared of his shadow, or something like that. And, pff, I don't know, it's so damn frustrating. So, they're going to share it. Kirk Cousins and Irv Smith Jr. are going to share it. I mean, I could give it to Harrison Smith. He had a terrible game. Both of the Smiths could have it. But, I don't know, Cousins could have helped a little bit. I think he could have been a little better than he was. So, I'm going to have those guys share it. The offense really let the Vikings down. The defense looked like crap as well, but they did better in the second half because also, again, the Philadelphia Eagles took the foot off the pedal a little bit too. So that's kind of on the Eagles. The Vikings had a shot. With that, we'll take a quick break. We'll get to that preview right after this. Uh, or excuse me, the uh, NFL Roundup and then the Detroit Lions preview right after that. It's going to be kind of a four-segment ditty this week with the way things are set up. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Going to look around the NFL and the NFC North a bit. Doing things a little differently this time around because, well, it's an odd day, obviously, releasing the show after Monday Night Football. So I'm actually recording this part of segment number two on Sunday night. Go figure. So you might think this is weird, this is strange, but that's what happens when you have two jobs and you have a strange schedule. So I'm doing the NFL Roundup, NFC North, that kind of stuff right now. Uh, right now, at the time that I'm doing this, it's early in the second quarter between Green Bay and Chicago. Just to drive you crazy, right? So that's the one thing, the NFC North. Green Bay and Chicago right now flashing on the screen. Packers leading by three points. Aaron Rodgers just got rushed out of the pocket and all that kind of stuff. Threw the ball away before he was getting sacked there. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Packers are winning by a little bit. Third and ten and all that. So we'll kind of try to kind of sort of conversate about that as we move forward. <clears throat> uh, 
Thursday night was a heck of a football game, of course. Kansas City was trailing most of the way and then came back and won, unfortunately, much to my chagrin. Was hoping for the Los Angeles Chargers to get the job done in this one, but it just wound up not being the case. Kansas City just kept coming back, coming back, and then ended up taking a 10-point lead, a dynamic and crazy fourth quarter. The Chargers actually scored the last touchdown of the game and then ultimately were unable to uh, get the ball back and win one way or another. So that's just kind of how that went. Chargers were down, or were up 10 to nothing, and then 17 to 7. Kansas City came roaring back into the fourth quarter in kind of Chiefs-style fashion. And all that wound up taking a 10-point lead, ultimately winning by three. Kansas City, don't be surprised if they're the favorites to win the AFC this year as much as I don't want. But, well, really, Kansas City and Buffalo look absolutely great. Justin Herbert with an interception in the game. Patrick Mahomes has been, you know, definitely on his game. Definitely been hyper-focused this season. Maybe looking to get back to the Super Bowl, I'm sure. Mike Williams for the San Diego Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers, pardon me with 113 yards and 8 catches and a touchdown. Also, would like to bring this up, a possibility, just in case, just in case some of you may think that I go on and on too long with the NFL Roundup, let me know if if you feel that. I've never heard that from anybody, but I just have a fear that people might be thinking, why is he getting into the NFL so much? This is a Viking show. So let me know, anybody out there, even if I've known you for 10 years, go ahead and let me know. I'm not going to get offended. I'm, I'm really not. Anything that you might think... Might be an improvement to the show that's, uh, you know, more than welcome. Any type of more than welcome, like letting me know on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. So most of you know how to reach me on there, of course. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show for Twitter. And some of you can even uh, PM me, DM me if you add me on Facebook. I'm not going to push anybody away, by the way. Joey Owijan, that's my Facebook. So go ahead and look it up and you'll see my name in the, to get all the the host of the show and all that. <laughs> Talk about comebacks, Cleveland and the New York Jets. Cleveland Browns couldn't even hang on to a lead versus the New York Jets. What's up with that crap? <laughs> Joe Flacco throwing a couple touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, going Baltimore Ravens on it. The original Cleveland Browns, which is what the Baltimore Ravens are, they're the original Cleveland Browns who moved to Baltimore many, many years ago. And, yeah, <laughs> Joe Flacco ended up bringing them a Super Bowl championship several, yeah, back in 2012, gosh, I can't believe that's 10 years ago, Flacco ends up beating the Cleveland Browns over Nick Chubb had a couple of touchdowns. Flacco, in in like a minute 37 remaining, was able to get a couple of touchdown passes. He got the 66-yarder and then get Greg Zerline with a kick and all that good stuff. And then another 15-yard touchdown. Cleveland, or excuse me, New York Jets able to get the ball back and drive down the field and beat the Cleveland Browns by a point. Vince Germano, I can't imagine your frustration and your anger right now. And I wouldn't blame you one bit. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, well, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't all that great either. Good completion percentage and everything, but an interception certainly doesn't help. And Joe Flacco, one of his best games in I don't know how long, back to when he was a Pro Bowl quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. 307 yards, four touchdowns, quarterback rating 110.7. An awesome, awesome day. For Mr. Joe Flacco, um, Jets were able to run the ball fairly efficiently, but boy, Joe Flacco and the passing game and all that was just absolutely great. The receiving, you know, a receiving game and all that. Garrett Wilson with a couple TDs, 102 yards on <laughs> on eight catches, absolutely great. Corey Davis also in the end zone again um, with 83 yards receiving. Tyler Conklin, former Minnesota Viking, of course, definitely a nookie blankie, you could say. 
for Joe Flacco in this one. Had six catches all short, of course, only for 40 yards. Total is long. Tyler Conklin's, that is, only nine yards. But a nice comeback for the New York Jets. I mean, will this mean anything? I don't know. He's not the quarterback of the future, and the Cleveland Browns quarterback of the future, no matter how you look at uh, Deshaun Watson and his future in Cleveland. Well, he's the future quarterback right now. Both backup veteran quarterbacks going at it with Cleveland and New York, and you have this crazy dramatic comeback. It's just kind of funny to see Joe, but it's also cool to see Joe Flacco kind of back in the mix again. I mean, good for him. Good for him. I mean, he'd been pretty much a dead man walking for the last, I don't know, four or five years with the Broncos. And, you know, obviously Baltimore not too long ago, the Broncos and now the New York Jets. So good for Joe. That's his best game in eons and eons and eons. Nice comeback. We'll get to Detroit very shortly. Impressive game. Tampa Bay and New Orleans, of course. Another southeast matchup down in the southeast, the deep south and New Orleans in this case. Tampa Bay doubles up the New Orleans Saints 20-10. to 10. Impressive. The Buccaneers look really, 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 really good despite the fact that this guy's gone, that guy's gone. Uh, injury this and, and disappointing that. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has definitely been getting the job done and Tom Brady, this wasn't his best game, but he didn't like suck or anything. It just wasn't a great game. Uh, only 18 of 30, only 18 of 34 with a TD. Uh, quarterback rating under 80, 79.3. Jameis Winston though was in the season of giving, of course. Yep, back to back to the old Jameis Winston of before, a guy who could throw 30 interceptions the same year he threw 30 touchdowns with three INTs. He had a great week last week to Jameis Winston, or at least a very good week. Ultimately, though, disappointing, disappointing showing for Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints in their house. Tampa Bay. Gets the job done. Mike Evans had a pretty spectacular play in the game. A 41-yard play, again with Tom Brady there. Very impressive. That Tampa Bay defense, though, is really something. And Shaquille Barrett in this one with a couple of sacks. But many, many sacks in this one. A sack from Devontae David. That's number three there. And then a half sack shared with uh, Vitve and Joe Tyron Shoyinka. That's four sacks. And then a fifth one there. By Devin White, so very, very impressive. And Anton Winfield Jr., also a uh, safety blitz. Six sacks in the game, if I'm counting it correctly. It's at least five or six, but an awesome, awesome job by the Tampa Bay defense, and Tom Brady also getting the job done down the stretch. Good for him. Don't look now, but the New York Giants are 2-0. and Where did that come from? I don't know. That rhymed. Impressive. That was just kind of random. Carolina sucks, but hey, New Orleans, New Orleans, New York Giants getting the job done for the second week in a row. Why the hell not? 19 to 16. All right. It wasn't pretty, but it was a home, you know, but they got the job done at home in the metal. No, yeah. In the metal lands, as you might want to call it, wherever the heck it is, wherever the <laughs> New Jersey, I know that much. They don't actually play in New York. They play in New Jersey, which is kind of funny. Um, impressive. Impressive win. Uh, kind of. Just the fact that they won the game, I guess. Why am I calling it an impressive win? I don't know. They just won. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it. Baker Mayfield is just back to being a mediocre Mac quarterback. Christian McCaffrey finally breaking loose for the 49-yard play. Uh, rushing, of course. 102 yards on the ground thanks to that big play. Daniel Jones, good enough. Didn't turn the ball over. Neither did Baker Mayfield, to his credit. But Daniel Jones, a little more efficient when it mattered most. Shaquan, uh, Shaquan Barkley, another really, really nice, solid performance for the most part. Not that great, but not as good as last week, but still solid. 
just two kind of two crappy teams going at it and the Giants just being a little bit better. And hey, why the hell not? Brian Burns a couple of stacks for Carolina. Got to like that. But uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's the play? Carolina 0-2 to start the season. And it ain't been pretty so far for the most part for Baker Mayfield. He ain't the Baker's dozen, that's for sure. Okay, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. New England Patriots beat the Pittsburgh Steelers after they beat up on Cincinnati last week, and they really beat up on Cincinnati. But when uh, T.J. Watt's not available, well, what are you going to do? If T.J. Watt's not available, you're going to struggle, unfortunately, if you're a member of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not going to be quite the same. You're not going to get quite the same pass rush. New England Patriots end up getting the job done 17-14. to Mac Jones, again, he's always going to have that interception, doesn't he? Just like Mitch Trubisky on the other side. Always got to have that interception. There's a lot of mediocre quarterbacks for this year, aren't there? A lot of mediocre quarterbacks, and then there's a couple of spectacular ones. Of course, Patrick Mahomes has been just about perfect this year. <laughs> Najee Harris only, uh, well, no, Najee Harris had uh, 40 yards receiving and 49 yards rushing. <laughs> not the prettiest game, but again, the New England defense is what it is. You have one of the greatest, if not the greatest coaches of all time, one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time as well. For the world champion New York Giants way back in 1990. The 1990 season, but you know, like 91. Yeah, it happened at the beginning of 91. Yeah, yeah, I think you've heard of that before. Uh, good for them. Good for uh, good for Bill Belichick, of course, getting the job done against a, you know, it's an okay Pittsburgh team that's quarterbacked by Mitch Trubisky. Um, yay. Let's move on. I can't go on and on and on and on about that one. Again, let me know if you think that I go on too long with these uh, NFL roundups. If you enjoy it and you think it's part of the fun of the show, cool. I mean, just tell me one way or another. Jacksonville shut out the Indianapolis Colts after the Colts <laughs> played to a tie last week. Mediocre, boring situation there. But then Jacksonville ends up winning 24 nothing over the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Ryan, what's going on, man? Three interceptions, quarterback rating down in the tubes at 34 Completion percentage about 50%. Again, three interceptions, no touchdowns. Jacksonville's defense keeps getting a little bit better, and James Robinson every single week turns in enough. Like, you know, he might be like a rich man's Leroy Horde, basically. You know, you need three, I'll give you... You need two, one, I give you three. You give. You need five, I'll still give you three. James, it might be more like three and a half, but today it was just below three yards a carry, but still, 64 yards. He just went forward, I guess, for the most part, and got in the end zone once, and Trevor Lawrence did not throw an interception. Trevor Lawrence did not throw an interception, and he was insanely efficient, 25 of 30, quarterback rating of 121.5. Finally, Trevor Lawrence taking that cute little step forward. This might be the game that Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars remember for years to come. Maybe that little baby step forward. I guess the team that's not been that good this year so far <laughs> in the Indianapolis Colts home game and everything, but you got to start somewhere. You know, just like I, I heard in church today, even. You don't just, you don't start off, or actually, no, it was on a different, uh, it was a different publication, actually. It wasn't actually church. It was people from the same church, of course, <laughs> talking about how you don't start off running like three miles. You start running off, you start, you start off by maybe running a block or two. And that's how it works. You know, that's how it works. You don't just, oh, well, that didn't work out. I'm, I'm not in good shape. I ran three miles today. Yeah, but it was once. So that type of thing. This is that little step, and you get the next little step, and the next little step. And that could be the case for Trevor Lawrence going forward. Good for him. And as you see, the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
one and one now. Uh, uh, they played pretty well last week for the most part. Uh, again, but at least, again, that step forward for Trevor Lawrence, maybe we'll see the Jacksonville Jaguars come out of the doldrums in the NFL. And I would say they're out of the doldrums most likely when you look at certain other teams like Carolina. Carolina's probably going to have the number one or number two or number three pick this year. And hopefully it ends up being better than somebody like another Sam Darnold because Darnold was a very high draft pick. Doesn't always guarantee you anything. Like, wow, big name, here we go. And he's got like 16 interceptions and 13 touchdowns. And that's, a, that's terrible. That's really bad news. Um, so we'll come back. Miami Dolphins defeating Baltimore on the road. What's up with the Dolphins? 2-0. and And they beat Baltimore on the road. 42-38. Very, very impressive showing by the Finns. Very impressive showing in Tua, 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 till you're satisfied. Yeah, I know it's stupid, but it's cool at the same time. What an exciting game. <laughs> what an exciting game. Six touchdowns. He managed to throw two interceptions as well. Doggone it, Tua. Why'd you do that? Lamar Jackson, three touchdowns and an almost perfect quarterback rating. And he ran the ball. And so fantasy ballers that have Lamar Jackson or Tua, to be quite honest, are probably dancing on the clouds right now. Somebody had to lose, though. Maybe if they were playing against each other. Tyreek Hill. God. I can't stand the guy, but, uh, well, Miami might be headed in the right direction here really quickly. Peace. Peace, right? You know, he puts up the peace sign like, ha ha, I'm gone and screw you, la 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 la. 190 yards and two touchdowns. Looks like uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Is, uh, Patrick Mahomes is in Miami now. That's what it looks like. Or it looked like Tyreek Hill last year with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. This could be a nice marriage. We'll see. Obviously, two was not as good as Patrick Mahomes. Very different player, blah, blah, blah. But it's starting to work, you know, and all right. Tyreek Hill might be a jackass, but I guess he's a winner, huh? And I had a feeling that might start happening, and I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, 60 yards on one of the plays, two touchdowns. Jalen Waddell, Waddell, just right behind him. So uh, Tyreek Hill won't be saying peace to him very often with 171 yards on 11 catches also. Again, also 11 catches and only 59 versus 60. So right on top of each other, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Just a highlight show. Rashad Bateman, all right. Former Gover, another good game again. And a touchdown, 108 yards. Mark Andrews with 104 on nine catches and a touchdown. Demarcus Robinson with one play, but a touchdown, and that's how it works. Justin Tucker's the best kicker, kicker there is, pretty much. He made everything good for him. Miami didn't get one stack in Lamar Jackson, but who's surprised? Lamar Jackson's one of the better guys about getting away. And Justin Houston is the only guy to get a single sack in the entire game for the Baltimore Ravens or the Dolphins. How about them Dolphins, eh? How about them Finns? Not bad. I'm impressed and all right. All right. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know. Miami's actually a little scarier place than Kansas City when you think about it. Just that it's obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. That was pretty dangerous stuff when you're playing from behind against any good team in the postseason. They tend to come roaring back and drive me nuts. Like the Seattle Seahawks used to do with uh, old Mr. I gotta get all teary-eyed every time something good happens. <laughs> yeah, Russell Wilson. He's getting teary-eyed, all right, with some of the terrible play calling by his uh, up-and-coming coach. Yeah, and a lot of people are very happy. He's not our head coach. Oh, my, I'm seeing something that's just like, mm, ugh. Yep, yep, and yeah, I saw it happen, but it's just I'm just staring at it now, but I'll come back to that shortly. Rams versus Falcons, the world champion, Los Angeles Rams. We'll, we'll get to call them that the rest of the year. Hopefully we won't be calling them that ever again, because 
Los Angeles has enough championships. I know the Rams got their only championship in L.A. They won the other in St. Louis. And, yeah, that's the one sport that L.A. just wasn't dominating and, and driving everyone nuts for the most part. Like the Dodgers are the best record in baseball every freaking year. The Lakers have 16 championships. Yeah. Is it 16 or 17? I think they have 17, don't they? No, 16. I hope it's just 16. Maybe it is 17 now. I think it is, actually, which really sucks. It is. Yep, they're back tied up with the Celtics again. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, LA Kings even won two Stanley Cups. Isn't that crazy? And the Ducks won a Stanley Cup years ago. Ugh, God. Drives me nuts. So, it's just funny because Anaheim and LA are kind of like on top of each other. Let's get back to where I need to be. The Rams beat the Falcons 31-27. to Falcons are actually playing pretty good despite, just, despite the situation they're in right now, kind of starting over. Marcus Mariota with two touchdowns, two INTs, and Stafford threw multiple interceptions, but still a little better than that at the end of the day. Cordero Patterson, not quite as exciting of a day rushing, but felt like they were just kind of playing from behind most of the way, and it kind of, they kind of, they kind of were, weren't they? <laughs> the only reason why the score was even reasonably close was because of actually a nice comeback by the Falcons to make it interesting, so you don't get to run the ball a whole lot. Cordero Patterson was targeted once and did not make the catch. Drake London with 86 yards and 8 catches for Atlanta. Cooper Cup, the MVP of the Super Bowl with 2 touchdowns and 108 yards. Another spectacular performance, but he did lose a fumble in the game. Another frustrating situation there. But, um, yep, the Rams look, you know, well, they look okay. They look like a team that won a Super Bowl a year ago and probably won't this year. And I won't be crying any tears. San Francisco, after losing to the freaking Bears last week, they lost to the Bears last week. You know what I'm saying? They lost to the Bears last week. Uh, they're, they're not going to lose to Seattle, are they? Especially in their house. Come on, San Francisco. Get the job done. You, you can do it, right? You can, you can still win the NFC and not make me look like a complete idiot. <sighs> and then Trey Lance gets carted off the field with a uh, apparent ankle injury. Hey, we'll see what's going on there. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and is mediocre as all get out, but San Francisco whoops some booty on a not very good Seattle team that beat Denver somehow last week. 27-7, to not bad. Uh, San Francisco wins by 20 points, despite the fact they lost Mr. Uh, Trey Lance with a pretty serious ankle injury. Geno Smith mediocre at best. Tyler Lockett, good receiving day for him. Yeah, Geno Smith and such working together there. Ayuk leading the Niners in receiving yards again. Did not get a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo threw only one touchdown. But he's always kind of hovering right around 100, isn't he, with that quarterback rating? Even though he's just one of those, he's just a mediocre guy, but he wins football games. And that's always been the conversation with uh, with him and uh, Shanahan. So, um, with Kyle Shanahan, of course. That's always been the case. They just win together for whatever reason. And that's why somehow at the last second, Jimmy Garoppolo was uh, was inked to a one-year deal right before the start of the season, and they're probably pretty happy they did that. Not that Trey Lance sucks or anything, but well, he was outplayed by, by, by <laughs> he was outplayed by Fields last year, so or last week, pardon me, so that wasn't too good. Debo Samuel only was able to rush the ball four times in the game, so obviously concerning there as well. Ugh, it's a really odd, scary situation, but the Niners won comfortably over a not-very-good Seattle team. Interesting stuff, to say the least. Multiple sacks by Nick Bosa, who might be defensive MVP this year, the way he's going, but maybe the 49ers are going to be irrelevant long-term if guys keep getting hurt. 
seems to be their Achilles heel forever. But, well, welcome to the NFL. Guys get hurt all the time. Unfortunately, Cincinnati's 0-2 after losing the Super Bowl to the uh, to the Chiefs. No, not to the Chiefs, to the freaking Rams by the skin of their teeth last year. They just couldn't hang on and then couldn't put together a final drive to win it. Cincinnati looked like they had, they were going to go back to overtime again, just like last week. And then Dallas was able to get to, <laughs> was able to get as far as they could. And Brett Mayer was able to nail a 50-yarder for a walk-off victory for the Dallas Cowboys, 20-17, to or at least with three seconds left. Kind of walk-off. Cooper Rush. Cooper freaking Rush with another win over a team that you think is better. But Cooper freaking Rush. Maybe he's another one of those miracle backup quarterbacks like Nick Foles who can come in and surprise some people. You think, oh, who's this guy? He's nothing. And then, oh, well, they, they, they won again. Well, all right. <laughs> Joe Burrow didn't turn the ball over, but he didn't really stand out either. It's almost like Cincinnati was like, oh, we'll get him. It's just it's just Cooper Rush. Well, don't fall into that Zimmer trap, guys. Don't do it. <laughs> Cincinnati ends up losing to the Dallas Cowboys. This was in Dallas. At least it wasn't as bad as like a home game, Cooper Rush and all that. And that Cincinnati offensive line is just awful. Uh, multiple sacks by Dorrance Armstrong. Multiple sacks by Micah per per Parsons. Pardon me. Pa 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 pa. <laughs> so at least six. Uh, yep, six sacks by the Dallas Cowboys. Another awful week for the Cincinnati offensive line, and that's their Achilles heel. And again, that's why the Chiefs couldn't win the Super Bowl a couple of years ago versus that awesome Tampa Bay defensive line. Um, and Cincinnati's offensive line is making everybody's defensive line look like the '85 Bears or the '70s Vikings, Purple People Eaters. Something like that. Houston was the team that tied last week with the Colts. Disgusting. Come on, Colts. You suck. Colts suck. 16-9. Uh, Beautiful. Denver with a meh, meh game, but they ended up winning against a crappy Houston team who does have a nice quarterback in the future but did not play too well. Russell Wilson, mediocre. I'm sure glad they gave him $245 million because he ain't going to live up to that contract. Let me tell you. It's too far into his career. I, and this this team is not ready to win to win any Super Bowl with a you know so why are you giving him that kind of money, Denver? What are you doing? I mean the the name is nice and everything, and he was freaking awesome for a long time. But the guy's past his prime. It's like plain as day. Like open your eyes, Denver, two hundred and forty five million dollars, and all of you saying good for him. Well, good for him, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I guess good for him. But two hundred and forty five million dollars. I don't know. I don't know. When you're in the crowd of people that work their butts off every day and you see that, you get kind of ticked off. And it's like, and, and then you see the effort put put forward. I don't know, man. It, it It's kind of kind of crappy. <laughs> it's it's irritating. Uh, Arizona was able to get a victory. A uh, overtime touchdown over the Las Vegas Raiders that were also 0-2 now. Arizona with a nice road win, actually. Pretty impressive. Kyler Murray was able to... Uh, get the ball down the field and all that cute stuff. At the end of the day, yep, it was a pick six in this case, but generally speaking, Kyler Murray, solid in the game, but not great. Obviously, just another okay game, okay numbers and all that, helping Arizona kind of come back when trailing by eight in the game. They're able to score. Like they were down by even more than that, 23-7. to seven able to get within eight and then convert the uh, two-point conversion with almost no time left and then win it in OT. It's just one of those momentum deals. Arizona took advantage of it 
what happened was Derek Carr basically completed a pass to Hunter Renfro to the left. Renfro fumbled the ball. Byron Murphy basically picked it up and ran the ball for 49 yards to win the game for Arizona. So it was a fumble six to win the game. You don't see that happen a whole too often. But Arizona gets the job done, regardless if it's Kyler Murray or the Arizona defense. At the end of the day, this is the Arizona defense getting the job done when it mattered most. So good for him or good for them and good for Arizona. I don't see them doing anything this year, unfortunately. It would be nice to see Arizona do something, but it hasn't looked good for quite a while. That's actually the end of the games that have been played. Green Bay, no surprise, leading by 10 as we're heading near the half here, 17-7 to versus the Chicago Bears. I'll kind of, kind of recap that a bit more. Going into uh, going into the conversation right after this, as of course I'll be stepping away and saving the preview until after the game. So this is kind of be kind of unfortunately a, a, a weird show. That's just how it is. So I'm basically going to come back after the game to preview the. Uh, so there's going to be like a you could say like a four segment show. I'll be coming back at the end of this little bit here to preview the Detroit game, or excuse me, the Philadelphia, uh, yeah, Detroit game coming up the next week after the Philadelphia game. Then we'll be playing the Lions next, which should be pretty entertaining to say the least. We'll be talking about the history of the Detroit Lions and all that, but I want to wait to get into that. That's your first nooner on September the 25th, your first nooner of the year, and yet another Sunday night game, and then it's nooners for quite a while. So another weird situation the next week, a Sunday night leading into the, ugh. So it's going to be, it's going to be a tough go. That one might also be uh, released on Tuesday, just like this one. So <laughs> it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation recording these in the two jobs, the way I have it set up. But it's a tough situation when we have the night games. And once the nooners come, it's much easier. So again, apologize for the strangeness of this. I still like doing this, still want to keep doing it. So we'll talk about Detroit real quick, but not the actual preview. We'll talk about what they did with Washington. I may recap it a bit more, but I might as well get into it. A 36-27 to impressive victory over the Washington Commanders in Detroit. This one, this was in Detroit and all that. Next week's uh, game should be... Yep, next week's game is at home. Yep, that's what I thought in U.S. Bay Stadium. Uh, so... <laughs> I mean, obviously, it should be a fun, entertaining battle. Detroit's definitely more dangerous than they've been. Uh, they almost won last week in a very, very entertaining game versus the Philadelphia Eagles, who, again, yeah, Philadelphia Eagles, who you heard about in segment one. This is weird, but yeah, <laughs> that's how it is. Detroit, though, ultimately, again, they went up 22 to nothing uh, at one point in this game, which is insanely impressive, to be quite honest. They, you know, they gave up some points, but still ended up winning 36-27. to 27. So a little bit of that bend but don't break. Uh, Carson Wentz, actually, you know, nice numbers and everything. 46 completions, three touchdowns, an interception. Jared Goff, his best game since being on that Rams prolific offense, going back to about 2008-ish when they went to the Super Bowl. That was prolific. Jared Goff, I and mean, remember how good that offense looked around 07, uh, 17, 18-ish, around there. How prolific that Rams offense looked with Jared Goff at quarterback. You you remember that? I remember that epic Kansas City game where it was about a hundred points, and the Chiefs won by like a, a narrow margin or something. And it was like holy crap. Jared Goff was the quarterback, uh, the quarterback of the LA Rams. So we can't completely discount the guy, even though he's had some lousy seasons. But he looked awfully good against the Washington Commanders. That's going to take a while to get used to the Washington W's. 
Uh, Aiden Hutchinson with three sacks. Whew, impressive. Detroit. Remember how good the Detroit uh, trenches used to be years ago when they were at their best. Uh, they had some, you know, Jim Schwartz and uh, the, the next coach right after that. Uh, they had some nice, nice teams that ended up winning like 11 games and all that, but they couldn't win playoff. Uh, they couldn't win playoff games and it drove everybody crazy. Uh, and of course, as I'm kind of blanking here, as I'm talking, it's like, yeah, Jim Caldwell, of course. It's like, I know that, but figured I'd mention, mention that anyway, despite me being goofy. But yeah, Jim Caldwell, of course. It's like, I'm like, wait a minute, now who was, oh yeah, Jim Caldwell. <laughs> so I apologize. Um, didn't even have to look him up. It just came back as I'm kind of clicking around, uh, looking at all the numbers at Detroit. But, you know, they, they're definitely a better team. Uh, Dan Campbell, I think, has this team going in the right direction. I, I like Dan Campbell. It's just too bad that it's in our that they're in our division and we got to, you know, hate them a little bit because they're a division rival. But, hey, you know, uh, they're more likable than the Packers, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose so, right? I mean, sometimes I can't stand Detroit, especially when we go over there. Their fans are pretty... Their fans are not the nicest people in the world. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, but a lot of fan base is going to be pretty jerky at times. But nobody's worse than the Philadelphia Eagles and Viking fan base knows a bit about that over the years. Green Bay threatening to score here as we had near the end of the half. Very likely chance they'll have at least a 20, if not a 24, heading into the half versus Chicago 7. It just kind of is what it is. It's Lambeau Field. It's, the Bears are kind of, you know, they have the cute win versus San Francisco. And there it is. There's your touchdown to Lazard. Old Lazarus himself has risen. Uh, obviously, you know, <laughs> he's, he's coming out of the, yeah, the tomb. Okay, that's cute. I don't know. They're not going to like that, are they? <laughs> but no, we'll talk more and more about Detroit going forward. Obviously, it's been a rich history over the many years with Detroit and Minnesota. Vikings have had a lot of success against the Lions, of course. And hopefully, uh, there'll be some more success with the Detroit Lions. But I'd rather get the uh, Philadelphia game <laughs> out of the way first before I start talking about Detroit because, well, we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> with the Detroit, with the Philadelphia Eagles and all that. So we got to know who's going to be healthy and who isn't going into the next week. So again, I apologize that this is really, really weird. And I completely understand if you think that way. But sometimes when you have a busy schedule and, well, it's a podcast. So luckily we're not doing, we're not doing it live. We're uh, piecing things together particularly in an odd scheduling situation like this. Please bear with me. I apologize with that. There'll only be one more week like this, and then the rest of the way should be smooth sailing. At least I sure hope so. We'll be right back to preview the Detroit Lions right after this. back again. Forgive me for the strangeness of the setup, but it is what it is. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions, if humanly possible. Again, remember, they played the Washington Commanders. I kind of looked at the game, but I'll still kind of look at the numbers and such. Still have it pulled up again, the Jared Goff's four touchdowns. An amazing game. I don't think he's going to do that against the Vikings, but, uh, well, maybe he will. When Detroit does have a good running game, for the most part, it's fairly dangerous. DeAndre Smith, Swift, pardon me, Jamal Williams, with his 12 runs, uh, Jared Goff just kind of nailed down a couple times, so we won't get into that. Obviously, Detroit, pretty good job against the uh, Washington Commanders. 
Commanders actually had to come back to make the game a little bit closer, which is kind of funny. Detroit kicked their butts pretty good. Detroit kicked their butts pretty good, 36-27. And again, Washington scored the final touchdown of the game. Let's not forget that, the Commanders. And, it's a you know, the name is... I don't mind the name Commanders. Let's get to Detroit history, though. Minnesota Vikings, 79-40-2 during the history of the Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Minnesota had won eight consecutive games, all during the Matt Patricia era. Eight consecutive games. Patricia was their coach for four years. Vikings were undefeated. Jim Caldwell and Jim Schwartz gave the Vikings a hard time, to be quite honest. They did. A lot of 500 ball between the Vikings. All dating all the way back to 2011, the Vikings were pretty much 500 with Detroit. And in fact, they actually got swept a couple of times. Uh, 2014, that was a really good Detroit team under Jim Caldwell, pardon me. And they were pretty good under Schwartz. Like 11, the Vikings actually lost three games in a row to Detroit. Uh, 20 up. Um, yeah, a late January, or yeah, a very late regular season. I think it was the final game of the regular season, January 2nd, 2011. We lost that one. Yeah, the Vikings, oh, we were hoping to get that high draft pick. Well, we, we got a good player, but yeah, it was just, you know, he didn't work out long term. Matt Khalil, <laughs> we lost in overtime to Detroit in, uh, early September 25th. Basically, yeah, this is actually a 10-year, no, 11-year anniversary from that game. And that was a home game for Minnesota, losing an OT to the Detroit Lions. I'm going to look that one up for fun. We also lost 34-28 to to the 2011 Lions. Jim Schwartz-led club. Let's look at this one. Yep, Ryan Longwell was still our kicker. Vikings were up 6 nothing at one point. What do you think of that? Vikings, oh, I remember. Vikings took a 20-point lead. And then everything just went down the you-know-what real quickly. Um, yeah, I remember how 2011 was. It was multiple games where it's like, what just happened here? What the hell? Because Donovan McNabb was a pile of crud. Uh, he came into Minnesota. You know, he's Donovan McNabb. You know, I mean, what do you expect? He's really good. You know, he's a really good quarterback. You know, he can still play, and, and we're going to see him still be able to play because now he's in an offense that fits. Wait, Childress is gone, though. But oh, but we'll still figure it out. It'll be fine. You know, it's, it's going to be okay. And then he just stunk, and he, and he continued to stink. The, you know, the short time he was the starting quarterback of the Vikings before he got flat out cut and never set foot in the NFL again because he didn't care. Uh, Vikings lost all those games. Looked like crap. And a, a team that looked like maybe a 10-6 and six club starting off with the San Diego Chargers, which is what they were still were at the time, went down the crapper. So interesting history between these clubs. Again, the Matt Patricia era was a lot of fun. Vikings won eight consecutive games. Yeah, barely, Vikings barely, and I mean barely escaped and won at the buzzer, basically walk-off kind of win, defeating the Detroit Lions and the whole awkward thing. This was on October 10th, 2021. The whole awkward exchange between Mr. You Like That Kirk Cousins and uh, the greatest Viking defensive, Vikings defensive coordinator, I mean head coach of all time, Mike Zimmer. Very interesting exchange there. Kind of like two people at work that hate each other. That say, just get away from, I mean, okay, yeah, okay, fine, 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 good job. Now go away. I hate you. Just go away. That's basically what that was, especially on Zimmer's side, because Zimmer's mean. <laughs> he just is. And then you had the Jared Goff, you know, Joe Montana gets the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl type of drive in 1988 uh, against uh, the Vikings, and they beat us in overtime, and they ended an eight-game losing streak to Minnesota. And Mr. Uh, Dan Campbell had a huge win made him feel like a million dollars, a team that uh, had struggled all year, 
getting a very getting one of their very few wins. Looks like a completely different club, and good for Dan Campbell. He might then be another Jim Schwartz, Jim Caldwell type that's going to give the Vikings a hard time, maybe more in the Schwartz department. But he is offensive-minded because he was a tight end. So Schwartz, and, uh, Schwartz was defense, uh, Caldwell was offense, and Caldwell, you know, took advantage of that great defensive line that was still there with Dominican Sue, and, of course, uh, his great offensive capabilities held Matthew Stafford have some of his best seasons ever. 2014 Lions were awesome, and they kicked the Vikings' butts in those games. Even though they were actually low-scoring because it was, uh, well, yeah, they were. They were very low-scoring. Zimmer was already the coach, and he was establishing himself in a nice way, to be quite fair. So that's why there was those low-scoring teen type of games at the time as uh, Zimmer was getting established. Vikings had some incredibly long winning streaks against the Lions. Um, getting, you know, 2002, that was the Mike Tyson first win, actually, of Mike Tyson's career. I was at that game. I was at Mike Tyson's first win. Would you believe it? As the Vikings were off to like an 0-4 that year. And uh, we beat the Detroit Lions. I was at the game. I'm not, I don't go to too many, especially as a podcaster. I won't go to, uh, I haven't been to one in eons because, well, I want to do the show. That's why. Sorry. Um, Vikings had won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row until they lost an OT in 2007. Yeah, that one, the five touch, uh, five interception game by Tavares Jackson and uh, John Kidna. And then the Vikings won another six in a row after that, and then the three in a row in the uh, Schwartz and blah, blah, blah. So interesting, interesting <laughs> winning streaks that put the Vikings way ahead. I still remember when the Vikings having 40 wins against Detroit was a big deal. Time flies real quick, and when you have a long winning streak, it helped as well. Vikings generally have been very good against Detroit, almost always win at home, but uh, we occasionally do lose at home. The Detroit Lions, it looks like the last one was 20... No, nope, we lost at home to the Detroit Lions in 2017. Yeah, that's right. That was the Delvin Cook ACL game. Vikings only managed seven points. And that game ultimately cost the Minnesota Vikings home field advantage, which might have helped against the Philadelphia Eagles. Might have changed everything. Who knows? But who knows? History is history. The Eagles were really, really ready to play when it mattered, even though they struggled against Atlanta for some reason. They were ready to play against us and against the New England Patriots when it mattered most. <sighs> Man, that was heartbreaking, and it still will be for the rest of time. Sorry, I'd like to go down memory lane, especially against division rivals. Uh, first game ever dated all the way back to the uh, to 1961. I think uh, Detroit was still probably good from dating all the way back into the 1950s, where they were actually the best team in the league. Detroit had won the first five games in the history of Minnesota-Detroit. Can you believe that? And the Vikings didn't get their second win until 1965 in the, I believe, the 10th meeting of all time, if I'm counting this correctly. Yeah, the 10th meeting ever. Uh, Vikings did tie Detroit twice, both in the 1960s. November 22nd, 1964, one year after JFK was assassinated, literally, to the day. We tied 23-23 to in Detroit. And in 1967, 10-10, ugh, 10-10. On uh, November 12th, 1967. Crazy to think, one year to the day of the JFK assassination, the Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions played to a tie in Detroit. How is that related? I have no idea, other than it was uh, a year later. And it's just, you know, it's interesting, I guess. Um, Vikings history changed dramatically for many, many years. 
Well, in the early 90s, that was another time when Detroit peaked. Whenever Detroit was good, they really give the Vikings a hard time. It's just they weren't good for such extended periods. The 80s, there's a reason why, you know, they ended up picking high and getting Barry Sanders because they kind of stunk in the later half. But it was a little bit of 500 kind of, well, it was like Vikings win two, Lions win one. And in the 70s, the Vikings were pretty dominant over the Detroit Lions. In fact, a massive winning streak. I usually talk about this, yeah, from late 60s all the way into 1974, the Vikings finally lost. And it was a home game against the Detroit Lions in 1974. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. That's what I thought. Yep, I remember talking about it before. That's the longest winning streak in the history of Minnesota and Detroit. Vikings could not extend it to nine. It would have been the second longest winning streak in the history of the Vikings and Detroit Lions. And we had a nope, we had a ten-game winner. I already talked about that. Sorry. Um, so very interesting, very crazy. But that's how it goes. Hopefully the Vikings can sweep the Lions again. I'm going to pick the Vikings to bounce back and win this one. As for in Detroit, it's really, really murky at the moment. I'm not in a huge, huge rush. The Vikings will beat them. Uh, obviously, Jared Goff has had some success against Minnesota with the Los Angeles Rams. And to get with, as a Detroit Lion, he's, well, he's 500 against the Vikings as a Detroit Lion, if you can believe it. Uh, it was an interesting game last year. Uh, both of the games were fun. Uh, K.J. Osborne had some nice moments, particularly in the first one. But he had his game-winning catch against the Carolina uh, Panthers recently before that, I believe. Yep, it was the week before the loss to Detroit. So he went from one high to another low. You can certainly pass on this club. Uh, can you run on them? Kind of, sort of, not really. So I expect an aerial game. I do expect a Kirk Cousins bounce back type of performance. Carson Wentz threw for 337 yards and three touchdowns. A nice second game for Carson Wentz as the lead man for the Washington Commanders. Um, I think Kirk Cousins has a similar kind of a game, like three touchdowns, 300 and some yards, maybe 350, uh, 300 to 350, three touchdowns. Minnesota will win. I don't think Jared Goff throws for four touchdowns in the game, but, you know, I talked about it just moments ago in the uh, second segment that Jared Goff will, uh, that Jared Goff obviously did show some incredible talent when he was on the Rams. So you can't just completely write him off like he sucks. You know, it's you know there, there's a reason why when Jared Goff left and Matthew Stafford took over, there's a reason why L.A. got the Super Bowl right away. So Jared Goff, you know, maybe the pressure was getting to him. I don't know. And there's very little pressure in Detroit. Uh, you know, and it's probably almost kind of fun now again. It, it's fun again. And it's not like guns to his head like there were in Los Angeles where it's win now, win now, win now, win now, win now. At least that was the mode the last couple of years. Um, Mike Hugh is former Minnesota Viking. Can he stay healthy? He was on the Chiefs last year. He's on Detroit now. He's another guy who had an ACL very early in his career. In fact, he had a couple of ACLs. These guys just can't freaking stay healthy. But, well, he played all 17 games for Kansas City last year, and he's played two so far for the uh, Detroit Lions. Interesting thing to note that I should mention is how one of the one of the positives looking at uh, Mike Hughes in the uh, draft that year, back in 2018, was that he gets turnovers. Well, he's only gotten three in his whole career. So that's kind of annoying, actually. I guess I'm not overly surprised that he isn't that great. But just, enough, you know, I mean, but at least he's, he's he can play a little bit and all that. So it is what it is. It's, it's a shame that things went the way they did. Couldn't stay freaking healthy. Uh, Hawkinson, again, no spectacular numbers. He doesn't put up big numbers very often. But Amon Ross St. Brown 
with uh, 116 yards and two TDs, a dominant performance as a receiver and running as well. He just he dominated for Detroit, um, 68 yards on <laughs> a couple plays, a 58-yard run as well. So obviously he didn't, yeah, obviously that was a play. That wasn't, uh, he's not a running back. But I do think Detroit or Minnesota will win the game, a higher scoring type of night or day, excuse me, as a nooner, thankfully. I'm thinking something along the likes of 31-24. Competitive, maybe 31-27, but 31-24 is what I'm seeing in my crystal ball. Kirk Cousins, three touchdowns, 300-plus yards. That kind of game. Bounce-back effort, Vikings jump to 2-1 and one versus the Detroit Lions. I don't expect a whole lot of the running game. I think it's going to be more of an aerial attack. That's my opinion. We'll see what happens. And, of course, again, that does seem to be where the Vikings offense is approaching is more of an aerial attack, which is what it is. It's modern football. Um, you will see some running plays. Maybe Alexander Madison has a nice day, but obviously Delvin Cook has had some not-so-good moments against Detroit, including that stupid injury. Um, with that said, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction right after this. Greetings, Joey. Good to be back. Um, happy 2022. Um, new era in Vikings football. A new front office, a new coaching staff, and certainly after the game against the Packers, a new philosophy. Gone is the play not to lose, keep it closed mentality of the Zimmer era. How refreshing. It, and how nice to actually sit and watch a game and not be on the edge of your seat from the first series where usually last year obviously we'd get get ahead and then Zimmer would try and sit on that lead the rest of the game and it was just as we know pretty horrendous I haven't listened to your first podcast yet I've just been traveling and uh, I'm now in eastern Europe for two or three weeks so um watching games might be a challenge this weekend and the weekend after but hey I will do my best um but yeah a impressive first game performance. Got out to an early lead and they kept the old gas pedal to the metal, so to speak. So that, that was, um, again, refreshing to see and hopefully that is the way we're going to go forward. Even Kirk Cousins looks remarkably good uh, and elusive at times, which is uh, quite bizarre to see. But yeah, and delightful to certainly put the Packers in their place for once. Uh, Rodgers didn't look particularly good, but in saying that, if uh, he'd connected with the receiver in that first drive, then it might have been potentially a different game. But no, um, however you want to look at it, very, very promising. Even the defence um, looked pretty good. Admittedly, our corners are a concern, but let's just go with it this season and enjoy it and see where they go. Certainly, their um, the schedule isn't overly difficult and if, if you look at who we play at home you know potentially we could win all nine at home and if we can pick up two or three on the road that would put us on 12 and, and into the playoffs I would expect um you, you certainly look at the NFC and it isn't particularly strong this year so there's a very good chance we can 
slot into the playoffs and um, roll the dice from there. Um, anyway, Joey, I won't keep it too long today, but it's good to good, be, good to be back. Um, and uh, so I'm just about to listen to the first podcast as I sit on the beach for today. Um, take care. Skulls, brothers and sisters. And let's get a win in old Philly this weekend. Take it easy. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Can't thank you enough. Mad Martin, Dave Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Thank you so much for jumping on board. Yep, of course, again, you know, obviously talking about the Packer game, so it's uh, it's from last week's uh, game anyway. Got the recording not too long ago. So it kind of, you know, that's how it goes. But it's a, that was a wonderful call, and I really appreciate it. And it is kind of ironic how you talked about how elusive Kirk Cousins looked. So it's like, yeah, and he ended up leading us in rushing against Philadelphia, but only 20 yards, um, unfortunately. So it's going to be really interesting to hear what you have to say about the Philly game going forward. Hopefully some more positivity next week at Detroit back in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. And then things get real interesting after that. I hope you had a good time on the beach there. Uh, I love being at the beach as well, mostly lakes, though, for me. I I don't really get to experience the ocean where I'm at, and I'm not much of a traveler, as most of you probably have figured out by now. I wouldn't mind. Uh, Sounds like you've been very very busy and uh, great to, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, been very busy. Hope everything has been going well with that. And also, again, yes, there was definitely a good vibe. Hopefully things can kind of head back in that direction uh, like they were, like it was against the Green Bay Packers the week before. Hopefully things can head in that right direction going forward. So again, thank you so much for that call-in. The Twitter account, very, very quiet. And again, apologize. It's just one of those Monday night situations, and i got to catch up to the game because uh, second shift and all that nonsense. So I'm just telling you the truth. That's the way it is. I had to catch up with it uh, before I could uh, just come and do a show and all that. So... <laughs> and I wasn't able to be active on Twitter or Facebook, so my apologies, but thank you guys for those of you that were on the Facebook. On Twitter, Vince Germano, Cleveland Browns fan, and he's very disappointed, and he talked about how basically, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe read what he said. I don't think it's too private. Uh, Vince Germano retweeted the most recent episode, episode 376, Kawabunga. Uh, Malcolm McSween out of Cali. Yep, hope to hear from you again one of these days, Malcolm, uh, in a call-in, but also just... Uh, Twitter or Facebook as well is totally welcome. Thank you for the retweet. Tene Brown out of New Zealand. Thank you so much for the retweets. All three of those guys. Awesome, 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 awesome people. At Probomavia Show is the Twitter account. And you'll notice some links in the show description as well for this one. Hope you can click on those links. That would help this show. Of course, again, joining Vigit and Bright Paladino Live for the referral. Also, Crypto.com. Could be some interesting crypto trading coming up obviously you know the market kind of goes up and down it's just like everything else it's no guaranteed win and it's no guaranteed loss so i'm not you know it it is what it is you know just like real estate it's no guaranteed win no guaranteed loss uh stock trading no guaranteed win no guaranteed loss you know commodity trading it's 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 all kind of similar so you just kind of kind of have to pay attention and uh the cool part about crypto though is that it's on all the time you can trade all the time 365 so that's the fun part about it. And it's not like you have to look for somebody to buy it or anything crazy like that. You just kind of buy and sell. Press buy, press sell. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. I should mention, though, you click on the link, it will put $25 in your account right away. It'll also show that I referred you. So you'll help both of us that way. It'll help the show. 
Uh, comments on the most recent episode release. Looks like there's a few there, which I really appreciate. All comments, not most relevant. I was saying a promise is a promise. I had poured the Warlock from uh, Southern Tier. What a wonderful beer that is. And I recently had their pumpkin again just this past week. It was a, one that I'd been sitting around for a while, but it was really good, and I bought some new ones. Mark Carlson, out of Iowa. Ah, there it is. Says, great show. Glad to hear Pro Mafia Studios has some new equipment and can keep up with games in the background. Yeah, t tonight I'm back to kind of facing the, 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 the window again because there's no game on. But, yeah, during regular Sunday ones, I will be doing that. Yep, no doubt. Uh, he says, no, I have to apologize for not getting on board for this game. This was the Packer one. I had every intention of sharing a few comments pre-game, in-game, and post-game. My family conspired and uh, super surprised me with a birthday party on Sunday afternoon when I thought I was going to my brother's house in Sioux Falls to catch the game. And I have to say, the game was a surprise too. I did not expect the Vikings to trash the hated Packers like that. No, I apologize for going along here. And no, that's okay. Don't apologize. Um, I have a few things left to say. First of which, that I picked up this amazing beer just before the game, Before I Die by Surly, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know too much about it. Perhaps Paladino Joey will be able to give, a, give it a review sometime, and, and I will. Yep, if I ever find it, you know I will. Um, okay, I must thank everyone for the kind birthday wishes. It was a special day. Your messages helped make it so. The Gold Star. I don't know what to say. So, Skull, Purple Mafia Show, host and Skull. Pro Mafia listeners as well, and Skull again. It is a really nice graphic, by the way, Before I Die. Via score, it's like the Score North kind of working together with that one with uh, Sterling. Score North, Purple Daily, and yep, there's the graphic again there. Looks really good, actually. It really does. And of course, it's the Viking Colors. Uh, Dave Hickey, also out of Iowa, says, Well, it's starting to look like a blowout. Let's see if the new coach can make some adjustments at halftime, because whatever they're doing ain't working. That was with Philly. And we'll get into that very quickly here. The in-game thread. The in-game thread. I'll try not to get too crazy here. <clears throat> Mike Dale says, The defensive secondary really not looking good. Luckily, the Eagles are shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly, despite looking to be able to move the chains seeming, uh, seemingly at will. Huge missed assignment big time by Bynum. Yep, there it was. Need an offensive response from the Vikings, and it just never came. Mark Carlson says, Here we are, prime time Monday night school. Tony Coleman says this is hard to watch so far. And, yep, it just kind of stayed that way. Eric Mostert, also out of South Dakota, says, me, and the, me after the Green Bay game. Maybe I was a little hard on Cousins, and this is the right offense for him to thrive. Me after the last two series? Nah. Yep, I feel you, Eric. I really do. Dave Hickey simply says, joke. Mike Dale, again, New York State, says, man, again, with the in, uh, ineligible receiver call. That's three so far, and that is really embarrassing, actually. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. So, totally hear you there, Mike. Dave Vicky says, This looks like the Iowa Hawks, uh, Hawkeyes offense, but not the defense. Philly's doing whatever it wants. Make a freaking adjustment. And it just felt like it never came, did it? Leland, Leland says, Nice answer, Irv. Yep. <laughs> Mike Dale says, If they win tonight, the sky's the limit. Leland was saying 2 out of 10 for Cousins for Monday Night Wins. Let's change that. Yeah, this was at the beginning. Irv, just with the Dr. Order, that's when he scored the touchdown. Tony Coleman, and yeah, the, the second the second potential touchdown would have made Irv possibly a targeted, uh, you know, candidate if he would have actually caught it, but he didn't. 
Tony says, Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. And I'm really happy you're back, Tony. Hopefully long-term and not just here and there. But it's up to you. If you're busy, you're busy. Uh, I don't, I'm not offended if you're busy. So uh, Tony says, well, but I, but I will miss you, no doubt. Stick a fork in them, they're done. Not even sure I can finish watching this one. And I don't blame you, Tony. I really don't. Eric Monster says, can we avoid implosion during primetime? I'm cautiously optimistic. Cautiously. Mike Dale was saying, so that'd be a no. We're not ready for prime time. And Mike Dale responds with hard no. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says, yep, South Dakota and Iowa. Just, I mean, I love you guys so much. Um, Brett McCarthy says, is the defense going to show up while ugly? Tony says, as of halftime, I'm declaring this to be a shit show. The Vikings are more than welcome to prove me wrong if they wish. Mark Carlson says, this is a bleep show now. Mark Carlson says, I'm just getting home from a meeting. Well, this, uh, what the hell's going on? Just letting the time tick off. What? Yep, so again, more crazy frustrations. Dave Vicky was saying, happy belated birthday, Mark. Glad I only caught bits and pieces of this one because I'm working. But what I saw was a joke. It looked like Zimmer defense giving a 10-yard cushion to the receivers and can't stop the run and no adjustments. Yep, that bend but don't break bullcrap is back full force, isn't it? Mark Rosen says, thank you, Dave. I agree with what you say about the D here. What was the reason for that? I have no idea. Maybe the coordinator is happy losing by 10, as he was preventing a loss by 20. Skull, Dave. I guess we need another game or two to figure out who we are. Mark says, I uh, I can guess who is on the list for Ponder Memorial. Yep. Yep, the, the, the Irv Smith and, and uh, Christian Ponder Cousins. Yep. Mike Dill was saying secondary other than Dancer has been atrocious. There needs to be an adjustment at halftime. And yes, that's funny how Dancer was actually good. But McCarthy was hoping for adjustments. Leland was like three and out again. Brett was happy about the touchdown. Mike was saying terrible tackling. There's no doubt about that. Same old Monday Night Vikings as Brett McCarthy. And Mike Dale says, huge play and block. Special teams, I have to say, has been stellar thus far this season. It has been pretty good for the most part, particularly on the uh, kick returns, not the punt returns. Kick returns. Here's the post game. You could say the kind of feature presentation of this uh, segment. Dave Vicky says, if the Vikings didn't give up repeated big runs, then they played a shell a shell defense giving up 7 to 10 yards a cushion the entire game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was so obvious that Troy Aikman called it out in the first quarter, then he continued to call them out the entire game. Do you know why? Because they never made any adjustments to stop giving up those chunks of yards on seemingly every play. I can't believe they didn't score in the second half, and of course, neither did we. Yeah, scoreless second half. That's the whole thing, scoreless second half. Like, what was that? Pretty boring, huh? It's kind of like watching a hockey game when like, you score a goal in the first period and that's it. And it's just back and forth, you know, the whole damn game. It's really frustrating. Dave's, uh, Mark says, Dave, you're right. Troy just did that. Leland says, Kirk is 2-11 and 11 in Monday night games. Is it his nerves? Really bad decision-making on those picks. Second half, the team made the adjustments and executed. Offense couldn't adjust to Kirk's brainless play. Yeah, good one there, Leland. I agree. Um, good, very good post there. Dave Vicky says, I just got censored by Facebook, I guess, for saying Cousins is not Mr. Primetime. That's funny. Oh, that is funny. Yep, and Mike Dill says, did the quote-unquote fact-checkers flash the quote-unquote missing context 
bubble and claim he's pretty good leading his 8 p.m. Thursday night Bible study group. Interesting. <laughs> that was an interesting one there, Dave. Yeah, but I mean, I yeah, it's, it's, uh, that was, yeah. <laughs> Mike says, well, we knew it was going to be tough to go into the world's biggest open-air lunatic asylum. Yep, the link. <laughs> Full of the most violent, psychotic fans in the NFL, only rivaled by the ultra, the by, I mean, by ultra hooligans of European and Latin soccer fans. The Vikings came up short, unfortunately. Pros, Irv Smith Jr., good to see him open up his account touchdown-wise and showing his successful recovery from the meniscus and thumb injuries. That said, that one drop ball that would have probably gone as a touchdown absolutely killed us. However, he didn't dwell on the drop and was pretty darn good in the second half. Uh, Cam Dantzler also had a decent game, to be fair. Oh, excuse me. To be fair, I had major cons uh, concerns and reservations about him before the season started, but it, but he actually looks better than Patrick Peterson at this point, who just looks as slow as a week in jail. Woo, <laughs> whoa. And yeah, Patrick Peterson doesn't look good. He almost got burned royally last week in Green Bay by uh, Christian Watson. Not in Green Bay, but by Green Bay, by, you know, Rodgers and Watson. Fran Award goes to the Vikings special teams as they have been superb from the start. Blocked Kirk and really didn't put a wrong foot forward. Yep, I mean, I blocked kick. I don't know why I said Kirk. Yep, there was the block kick. I didn't even mention that. Gave the Vikings a golden opportunity, along with the interception also that happened from uh, Hicks. So, Vikings just didn't capitalize. Kind of like last year. Cons. Poor tackling and just about zero pass rush. Also bad against stopping the run. Cam Bynum. Patrick Peterson, very poor. As was most of the secondary. Adam Thielen, kind of non-existent, as he had a few hand, uh, a handful of catches Kirk Cousins, sigh. Terrible first half. He showed promise the first drive of the second half, coming out of the shoot, calling audibles at the line of scrimmage, moving the chains. That said, his interceptions killed the Vikings. I know we weren't enthused that Zimmer had him handcuffed in the past seasons and didn't give him free reign or the ability to audible and maybe control his own destiny to a certain extent, like KOC is doing with the caliber of weapons with the with the caliber of weapons at his disposal uh, disposal sorry we were supposed to allow for occasional interceptions by Kirk however those he committed tonight were absolutely momentum killers again his propensity to commit careless turnovers in primetime games is still a major concern he showed promise moving down the field later in the game but absolutely choked within striking distance in the red zone. Again, I question his ability to be a winner and his ability to come up aces in clutch situations. Sometimes old habits die hard, and Kirk was classic primetime Kirk tonight. Ultimately, he was abysmal. He gets the Ponder Memorial Award, and I agree. Um, I think he does get it over Herb Smith, yes. A close runner-up with the Vikings' entire secondary, save for Camp Dancer, who would be the only Vikings' secondary player who gets passing marks. They, the secondary, were better in the second half, but by then it was too late, wasn't it? Kind of was. I mean, the offense didn't show up. Kind of kind of was, though. Kind of was. Um, yep. The Vikings were kind of like the Packers from last weekend. They really were, weren't they? You know, that's, ex that's an exactly perfect uh, comparison. It was. And again, like the drop pass as well. That would have been a game-changing moment. Maybe not game-changing, but could have been. 
Um, no answers defensively, anemic offensively. Uh, yeah, and anemic offensively, pardon me. A drop ball that should have been a touchdown. It's like we strived to follow their template last week, and the Vikings applied that same formula for stinking up the joint. That said, Rogers, Rogers never really turned the ball over as much as Kirk did tonight. Same result, though. You play like that, you rarely win. Let's hope they can rebound as we knew this was going to be a tough game against a good Eagles team on the road from the start. Couple replies here. Dave Hickey says, "Very well said, Mike Dale. The defense better come out of their shell, literally, because that that defense gives a seven and ten, seven to ten yard cushion the entire game. No freaking adjustment. Yeah, yep. Dave Hickey, uh, excuse me. Mike Dale responds says, "Yep, almost like perpetually in prevent the entire first half. Way too conservative amounts of space." given the Eagles wide receivers didn't prevent Hurts and Co. from scoring, though. Yeah, nice. Eric Monsters says, Cousins tonight, water tower farts. Let's see what that looks like. If it works, I'll just go to it. Ah, I hit the wrong button. That was really stupid. Joey, you're fired. I hit the wrong button. Don't you just love when I do stuff like that? Doesn't that isn't that cool when, when you do that? You hit the wrong button, and then you got to start all over again. you got to go all the way back to the beginning and then dig around and hope to find something and everything is off and changed and different. That's so annoying. Oh, because it's back to most relevant again. That's why. It's not relevant enough, you know. It's not relevant, see? Yeah, well, it is relevant, you stupid idiots. And I don't mean you guys that are... And I don't mean the listeners here. I don't mean you guys and my... Legendary followers, really appreciate you guys. Where'd it go? When I said stupid idiots, I mean Facebook. Doggone it, where'd it go? Oh, yeah, I remember. It's a different, totally different post. There we go. Eric Mostard, water tower fart. Follow link. And I'm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just play, please. Oh, yeah, you can hear it. Boy, we got to have those ads, don't we? Got to have them. Oh. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, it hit the ground and it came out, so then somebody added the sound effect. Yeah, that's about it. That's about Kirk Cousins uh, last night. Yep, Eric Mustard out of South Dakota. Good one there, buddy. Josh Mayor Henry out of Colorado. He, I've missed you very much. And he says, I don't understand why they didn't run the ball more early. Yeah, they were down 14, but it was early in the game. The Lions ran all over them last week, them being the Eagles, and to me, they didn't even try to get the run game going. I understand you there big time. Jesse Ball says, typical. Mark Carlson says, I'm not sure what to say. The game last week was Dr. Jekyll, and this was Monday night game, and we never play on well on Monday night or any night. I would love to see the statistics was Mr. Hyde or Joey Wyden. Do I need to pick up some more of that Surly beer? Skull, Monday night games, they test me. Maybe you do need it, and hopefully that beer can push the Vikings over the edge someday. The before I die. Win. Win before I die. Let's pass out the stars and wrap things up, eh? Because we got to, yeah, it's time to, time to call it a night here, unfortunately. Oh, well, gold star has to go to Mike Dale. Mike, you're forcing me, man. You're forcing me. You ended up getting a three-peat here. The way things are going, it's, uh, he's unbelievable. And what a great post. And again, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I should create some kind of publication where it's like Vikings blogging or something, and he would be like at the top of the list right away. Mike Hill, he'd be like a senior writer. He'd be like Michael Russo is for the Minnesota Wild, if say. 
Purple Mafia, like Purple Mafia blog section or something. I mean, it's so good. Uh, Mike Dale, Gold Star. Silver Star. Let's go with Dave Hickey. Just great interaction. Great job throughout the thing. Uh, Bronze Star. Oh, gosh. And, of course, Silver Star has to also go to Dave Martin, Mad Martin. Awesome calling. Always a Gold Star candidate with his incredible call-ins. And thank you so much, uh, Dave Martin. So let's see. Uh, Silver Star there. Bronze Star. Um, 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 uh, so Dave Hickey and yeah, so it's going to the Daves. Bronze stars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Leland's got to at least get a bronze. And Mark Carlson and yeah, Mark Carlson and Tony Coleman. I mean, it's just I love you guys so much, and I always feel like you all deserve a star. But if I give everybody a star, they'll be like, well, what's it worth then, Joey? That's just being too much. So, yeah, yeah, you know, you guys all deserve stars. You all deserve recognition. And I just love your posts. And please keep them coming forever. Really, thank you so much, always. Please write a positive rating for Rural Mafia on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. You know, is what, what it is. Stitcher, Spotify, I think it's just star ratings. I don't know if you write reviews of that or not. Um, I said Stitcher Audible's the other one where you can actually write a review, but those of you that have, thank you so very much. It's been forever since it's been on Apple Podcasts, I know that much, so please somebody do that if you could, I'd really appreciate it. And those of you that have, thank you again so much. Um, the other thing is, please call into the show. Those of you that haven't, uh, might be wondering, how the heck do I do that? Just open up your smart device. Every smart device on the planet has a free free voice recording app on it. And you can always download those as well for free. Uh, please do jump on board with that. Basically, open up the free voice recording app, press record, create like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and share it, slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, which I would then convert into an MP3 file, thanks to Zumzar with a Z.com. You can convert files there. I'm giving them a free plug because they give me a free service here on Pro Mafia. Again, all the information is in the show description. Hopefully Minnesota can turn things around and uh, the cooler weather is taking over. So those of you that enjoy nice, cool autumn weather, myself included, my hands raised, I like that. The only thing I don't like is the dark mornings and the early, early evenings. I don't like that as much. I like the nice, bright mornings and the nice, long evenings of spring versus winter. Not summer, spring, where it's like kind of cool and dry feeling. It's a little drier in the spring than it is in the fall usually, but afternoons can be gorgeous in the autumn as well. And hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy it. Minnesota Vikings fans out there tailgating that maybe are listeners of the show. Tell your friends about the show if you could. Share it on Twitter. Those of you that have, God bless you. Facebook, share it if you could, please. And those of you that have, God bless you. Until next week, Skull Vikings, stay healthy and uh, all of you stay healthy. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>